Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. Um, I'm joined by my four, my three good friends, even myself, my alter ego, uh, so that's four. Um, but yeah, my three good friends, Gunnar Hilsey, who hasn't got much of a voice, so uh, we all might get a word in. Uh, Daily Schooner and uh, Capo Dan, who wasn't very happy yesterday, and I don't think he's much happier today. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Uh, good evening to everyone in the chat as well. Uh, I hope you're going to enjoy this. Look, listen, uh, really disappointing um, result yesterday. Uh, two results on the trot that are disappointing yesterday, probably more so than the Anfield one. But we're going to try and look at this a bit objectively uh, and try and look at it. Yes, we'll express our disappointment, but we're not going to be there shouting and screaming and castigating our team and castigating our uh, our players and our manager and so on. Yeah, we're a bit disappointed. Trev, we talked about this just seconds before we came on air about some of the stuff that we've been seeing out there. How are you? Put yourself off mute. Jesus Christ. One minute and 22 seconds and he's already done it. I must say that's the first time you've made me smile, so thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just in the mood for you tonight, Fergus. Look, I I, I won't be shouting and screaming because I ain't got a voice. I'm just about talking, but... Yo, Fergus, good evening, everyone, by the way. Fergus, I've, I've, I'm, I'm being on a downer today, like we all are. But we've all got a right to be, right? We've all got a right to be down, fed up, even annoyed to a certain extent. But no one's got a right to do some of the stuff I've seen today against our players. They're not they're not Arsenal fans. So, we just, I don't know, I've got, I haven't got words for it, some of the stuff I've seen. I think a lot of it comes from illiterates or uneducated overseas. I'm hoping it does. So I'm hoping people in our country don't lower themselves to those levels now. But nevertheless, it's happened and, and thankfully it's been taken away. But uh, all I'll say is Bukayo Saka hasn't gone down any in my estimation. I, I love the lad now. I love the lad before and I'll love the lad in days to come. You know, he's Mr. Penalty. We're all gutted. We're all fed up. But He's still our boy. I still love him. Mm, just as a warning, this is the photograph. That's oh, Bakayo Saka. That is Bakayo Saka. There he is. Not anything else on Twitter. That's well, what it is. We're going to be sticking that up on this screen all night tonight. And if any of you out there don't like it, on your way. You're not really asking. Yeah, no He's our boy. Uh, Dan, we'll talk about the day itself, but uh, are you feeling a bit Better than you did last night. We didn't even want to go for a beer afterwards, did we? Um, we just walked around Hackney Wick and trying to get on the tube as quick as we could. Yeah, not not really. I've had I've had better weekends like many people, and um, yeah, bumping into a handful of West Ham fans hasn't particularly improved my mood. But um, I think there's an important message that Trev just said actually, and um, there isn't many things that I think I put above football, but I think some of the disgusting things we've seen on social media about. About our players, um, not only are they they're not Arsenal fans, they're not they're not part of the human race, in my opinion, and um, they're, they're no friend or fellow or anything to do with us on on here, and shouldn't be of of anyone really. So, uh, yeah, it's it's disgusting at the end of the day, and no need for it on any level. Um, whatever your opinions on on football, um, there's something slightly slightly above a lot a lot above football, and uh, that's certainly one of them. Uh, hopefully, um, 
if the person is in this country, they're they're, they're brought to, uh, to task. Uh, by all accounts, it's uh, an account that's been blocked now, and it was uh, hosted in India, but that doesn't mean anything these days. Alex, how are you, mate? Uh, you were doing you were doing some real professional sports stuff, interviewing people and and stuff like that. Are you after my job? I've been busy, mate. I've been very very busy, but um, I'll I'll let you keep your job for now. For now, oh, that's for a now. But that's a bit of a threat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, no. um, how have you been? And you know, uh, yeah. Well, um, I I didn't get to watch the game live yesterday. Um, as you said, I was doing some some interviews at a at one of the Danish games, um, so I had to follow it on my phone. Um, and yeah, of course, got it got it like uh, the rest of you. Um, but just going back to the the focus out <laughs> <I'll>... <laughs> just just going back to the point about these people uh, on social media i think what we saw last week um at liverpool at anfield that's that's arsenal football club that's that's um that's how we are we've got class and that's what we showed um last week and what we see this week after the game uh, west ham game that's not arsenal they're not they're not associated with arsenal those people so um yeah, I think we just gotta brush it to the side and move on. Because yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really think they're a, they're a part of our football club. No, uh, Dan, we had a pretty good day walking across uh, to um, the, uh, the the West Ham uh, Stadium. You even snuck your flag out in in the uh, the middle of all those uh, happy hammers. And uh, Lyle, I don't know if I should even show this photograph of you and me down with you down on on, on row one. Uh, at the London Stadium. Listen, I, there isn't a great sightline anywhere in this stadium, but the lower the the lower end is 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 probably better. But Christ, when you're on row one, you are literally pitch level. Um, let's look at the lineups. Um, we had a lineup uh, of Ramsdale, White, Holding, Gabrielle, Tierney, Party, Granite, Shaka, um, Odegaard, Saka, Martelli, and Jesus. Um, Trev, uh, are you good to go on this? Just if you if you want to move and hold on, but like the difference with having um, uh, Zinni dropped because of a, a niggle or an injury, we don't know the extent of it, and bringing KT in, how much do you think that affected uh, the, the 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 shape and the and and how we got to go to go to market, as I say? Ferg, I'm all, I'm all ready to answer that question because it's a really important question. Um, but can, uh, just before we move on, mate, can you um, just, he's a very good friend of our show and we need a quick mention. He's, can you just put that star message up, mate, from, from our, our good friend Heath? Yeah, Heath, um, sorry to hear that, matey. Um, all the best to you and your family and, and uh, uh, my thoughts are with you and I'm sure the other three lads are. I wanted to get that straight in there, Fergus, while we remembered because, as we know, Heath is a, a very good friend of the show. So all the best to you and your family, Heath. Yeah, all the best, Heath. Yeah. Right. Zinchenko. I, I was quite surprised. I didn't realise Zinchenko was injured. I've been at a wedding over the weekend. I couldn't make the game yesterday. Um, so I, I, when I saw the team, I was halfway back and we stopped at a hotel to watch the game. Um, I thought, oh, Zinchenko out. Now, it's really strange, isn't it? Because we talked about it last week, lads. We said about games to play Zinchenko and games to play Tierney, you know, and I really honestly think that yesterday was a game to play Zinchenko, you know, 
um, Zinchenko, the extra man in midfield, would have made all the difference. Um, because I'm, I'm just going to drop a line in here. Yeah, there, that's it. That was my spot for the football. I'll drop a line in here, Fergie, and you can bring us back to it because I've actually got another screen with the um, with, oh, with, he's all he's all techy up. <laughs> all, um, but what I will say is, I think we could have done with Zinchenko because I think that party and Xhaka looked knackered, looked tired. And I think that extra pair of legs in there with them might have made all the difference. But I know we'll come back to that. I was surprised that that uh, Zinchenko was injured. But I was, I'm over the moon. We've got a, a great player like Tierney to bring in. I think yesterday, in that environment yesterday, we could have done with Zinchenko. Yeah, we'll come back to uh, the party Shaka and Zinni and KT sort of uh, one. But... Um... Alex, uh, what's your thoughts then on you know the, the bench? We had we had Eddie back and then we had Trossard back. The, the, the squad was quite good and we, a really brisk, uh, really brisk start uh, to the game. And we and we came out you know all guns blazing, as they say. Yeah, I think we looked uh, incredible the first thirty minutes of the game. Uh, and as you said, like how we came out as well, it's what we've known to see this season, and it's yeah, it's why we've been. So good this season as well, starting games off really well and getting getting in front early uh, in games as well and, and killing them off early. Um, uh, and yeah, it only took us seven minutes to uh, to get our, our first goal. Um, and it's it's a typical Arsenal Arteta goal, isn't it? Um, beautiful football, um, playing passes around quickly, not taking too many touches. Um and then finding space on the right-hand side, uh, Odegaard playing a beautiful pass to Ben White, who uh, cuts it back for Jesus, who was uh, free in the middle uh, to make it 1-0. Um, so, yeah, beautiful start to the game. And, and you thought, OK, this, this is going to be a good game. Mm. Dan, uh, the, the, the away end went mad. Um, we're all jumping around. We're really happy. We're thinking, here we go. Right, a really good uh, flying start. And then three minutes later, it's 2-0. My, uh, my opinion on that has changed since I've watched it back, in all fairness. I think in the stadium, I was obviously over the moon. I mean, over the moon anyway, a, a two-goal lead. Um, starting a game in that way was everything that you want. Um, watching it back, I think we, we set the tone from the opening 30 seconds. And if you watch the start of that game, Partey gives the ball away twice, instantly. And um, it's incredible how clinical we were in that game. The, the first 10 minutes created two, scored two. You know, we, um, we I think we rode that luck a bit and the score flat, scoreline flattered us, in all fairness. I think people will talk about having a, a good performance for the first half an hour. I don't think we did. I think we were very, very clinical. Um, I think it was a lot more even than, than people think it was. But I think there's there's some things with that lineup that I'm I'm a bit confused about, right? And um, this isn't criticising any player individually because, I'll give an example, Kieran Tierney um, said before how much we love him. That doesn't change. And I think he's a fantastic player and I, I would not get rid of him. But if you're going to bring him into this game, I think you need to adapt the tactics to suit him. And I think playing him in that role that comes in like Zinchenko does just doesn't suit him. I, I watched so many times him get on the ball and not really want the ball. And whenever he's got a player within five yards of him, He's pointing at other players for them to pass there. It's just it doesn't suit his his strengths. His strengths are getting to the byline, running up and down, getting past people. And 
you've got to tailor things to suit them. And look, we've got away with, for example, and again, I'm not a player I'm not going to pick on too much, but Rob Holding, we've got away with him playing out from the back the way he does because you've got Zinchenko that comes in and compensates. But when you've got Tierney and Rob Holding there, you can't progress the ball as we want to. And you've got to change something because it was so evident that Arteta himself wasn't even happy with it. He changed his tactics so many times in that first half an hour. He had Jesus drop into that role instead of Tierney. Tierney went out wide. Then he had Jacker drop in. Then he had, I think it was Erdegaard dropped in for a bit. And he was just so, you could tell he was unhappy. Like, even at 2-0 up, he was not happy with the way that team was was playing. And, yeah, I, I'm not going to go too much into the, the rest of the game. No. Got a bit more to cover because I feel like I could talk for an hour on this. But um, well, to, yeah. to, to be honest, well, whilst I agree with some, with some of what you said with regards to, like, uh, Tierney's performance and so on and, and not liking that position, I disagree with you that... Um, we uh, did, we were flattered to, uh, by the scoreline. And I, I believe for the first 35 minutes, any journalist, any paper you read, any website you read, states that Arsenal uh, were really, really dominant up until the penalty. Like, at, at 2-0... We had 80% uh, possession uh, up until yeah. the penalty. And I think, I, think, I think that's why people were so annoyed... Uh, with the penalty, and we'll go into that in a second. I just want to cover the second goal first, but um, I, d- I do agree with, with with you on KT in that position. But we equally on KT could see how good he is at doing the job um, of defending because right in front of us, several times he was in that left corner and defending absolutely fantastic. And I do agree if we're going to play him, we should play to his strengths rather than try and shoehorn shoehorn him into another position. Um, the second I must say goal. that wasn't my opinion in the, in the ground because in the ground I, I very much thought we were, we were very dominant but watching it back I think I saw things I didn't see at the game um, and I think sometimes people get carried away with the scoreline you know you can be 2 or 3-0 up and not always be as good as the scoreline is and but, you can be 0-0 or 1-0 and be a lot better and I, I felt like we was not quite look for me I think maybe we deserved like a 1-0 lead we were very, very clinical we were definitely the better side but I just don't think we were as, as good as people think we were at that point I, 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 I disagree with you even further I, only because um, when I got back uh, the happy hammers that they'd uh, rescued a point against the league leaders um, were saying that they had 15, 20, well, we had 15, 20 minutes. I maintained 35 um, where we were, looked like we're going to beat them four, five, six, seven nil. And, and they really were expecting a bruising. So whilst I, I, I do agree with some of it, Trev. It's, it's interesting what Dan says, because I, I watched all of the game on the telly. So I didn't have the, the live aspects in my head and, Watching a game on the TV also allowed me to have my social media handy, you know, and I thought, well, I'm going to make the most of that. And it's really strange because I thought for the first 20 minutes we played some of the best football I've seen all season. I thought we looked absolutely fantastic. And it just goes to show how different people can see a game in different ways because I can see what Dan's saying, but I didn't see it when I was watching it on the telly. I just thought that I thought that we, we, we just moved the ball beyond... West Ham's capabilities. West Ham didn't have the capability to keep with us. Two absolutely sublime goals, two goals that made me shout out loud with, with pleasure at watching them score. Um, the most concerning thing for me came just about at the time of the penalty when we went from, in my opinion, right, playing the, some of the best football I've seen us play this season 
as we moved on past the penalty and into the second half, we, we possibly played the worst football I've seen this season. And I can only put it down to tiredness, to be honest. I can only put it down. Maybe the players... It, it can't be tiredness, Trev. They've only played one game a season. Yeah. Oh, a week, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I get that. I do get it, Fergus, but I'm I'm looking for other reasons and I'm not finding any. That That's what I should have said. Um, whether it's we give a goal away and let a team back into it and we're sort of not sure what to do, when, but we've got Arteta. He knows what to do. He gets the message to the players. But it really was like flicking a switch. We went from being grade A best I've seen to being second half performance was the worst I've seen us play this season. The strangest of scenarios. I can't put my finger yeah. on it. I think there's a few things that probably play, played it, and we'll we'll do the penalty in a second. Uh, but just first of all, Jesus's first goal. Um, very very easy tap in, and as you said, some great football we're playing. Um, and then we also had the Odegaard goal, which was um, a great cross, um, an assist in. Um, uh, uh, oh, cross! I've lost my notes. Uh, I know. Who, who I know what in? you're trying to say. It was it was Tierney who played the ball to Martinelli, who who assisted uh, Odegaard. That's what we talked about before. Um, uh, Dan, Dan Dan's got a really good point in the chat there. Mental fatigue, and I think that's we'll get on to that. And and I think that that plays his part. But I I think there was something fundamentally not working right between them because I don't know if you guys watched on TV and I since watched back some of the highlights and um, seeing Jesus's celebration after that first goal, it seemed a little bit underwhelming. Um, and then to watch him perform in the rest of the game, there was moments. Whilst I read he was our player the, uh, of, of um, the game, um, I witnessed him just being a little bit absent at times. Uh, did, did anybody else find that? He's, he seemed to be tracking further back. And I know we credited him with doing more work right uh, earlier in the season. But in this game, Dan, what were your thoughts on, on, on Jesus? Did he seem off colour? No, I actually thought he was one of the better players. And I think people mentioned Jesus and also Erdegaard. I actually think those two uh, are probably the, the two of that starting eleven that I have got not a single criticism about, in all fairness. Um, some of our best football came through Jesus. And, and, and the two goals were fantastic. But there was there was more to Jesus's play. And I think something that I mentioned earlier about the Tierney role not work, working, when Jesus dropped in there, he was just so keen to get on the ball, to hold the ball up, to move it around. And and even the commentators commented on, on just how good he was at when we needed him in that time to drop in and keep the ball for us. Um, I was just surprised he went off, in in all fairness. Um, I can only assume mm. it's something to do with fitness and, and coming back recently because, um, yeah, for me, he was fantastic. Mm. Um, let's look at this penalty then. So leading up to the penalty... Um, Party, who for me had a, a, a pretty, you know, poor game. Um, there was talk of of a handball first and foremost. Let's try and get this handball um, where Party loses the ball to Declan Rice out of the way. Oh, that's the penalty, wrong one. So this is the this is the, the the one on here. So for me, looking at looking at this here, I think the ball comes off as midrift and that there is no penalty. Um, I do know that you can look at this image here and people are saying it came off his, uh, his chest and hit his elbow and therefore a handball. Um, Trevor, you disagreed with me on the WhatsApp group on that, that I said there was no handball and then we went on to the penalty. No, I was talking about, I'm talking about the Arsenal penalty, mate. The one that 
Bukayo unfortunately missed. I, I, okay. I, I had no comment on that, really. I, it didn't look a penalty to me at all, to be honest. Okay, okay. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Alex, uh, what did you think about the handball incident leading up to the penalty? Well, I'm losing my voice. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it was the correct decision uh, not to revert the penalty because of the handball, because the rules state that it's only when the handball leads directly to a goal that you that those rules apply. So there's different rules when it doesn't lead directly to a goal, which it didn't here. So. I think it's, I mean, there's different things on it because it's not only a case of does it touch the hand, it's also uh, is it intentional or the proximity of it and everything. And I think, um, and I think it wasn't a deliberate handball from Rice, and there wasn't enough to um, to rule out the the penalty decision from the referee, in my opinion. Um, okay. Because I've I've seen a lot of people say um, like as long as it touches his hand. Uh, the, the decision should, should be reverted, but it's not only a case of that because um, that's only the case when a when a player scores with his hand, um, and this is a different case. Dan, I think you're spot on, Alex. There's different rules, and I think there's different rules for the Arsenal and different rules for the other teams. Because for me, that is just a ridiculous decision, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that that's got any bearing on um, our result in terms of the performance because I don't think we deserve the win, um, and I'm not making excuses. But if an attacker does that, the, the goal gets ruled out. But right. only if he scores the goal. Only if it's... It, For me, it I, I can't... I if, can't it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's in the build-up, it doesn't get ruled out. But if he scores with his hand, then it gets ruled out. That, that penalty is given how many seconds after that incident, right? And whatever way you want to look at it, whether it's intentional or not, his arm is up outside the silhouette of a normal natural position. He's gained an advantage by handling the ball because he's then got to a position where they've been fouled literally seconds after. And I, I just can't see how it's not how it's not handball. I mean, there was um I can't remember the, the name of the referee that was talking on Sky Sports said, um, you also need to consider that it wasn't intentional. Absolute rubbish. Intention has gone out of the game in handball. That rule changed a long, long time ago. And if if VR, VAR is going to work... Now, look, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the, the rule may be that that isn't um, considered as part of the VAR decision. So may, maybe I'm just contesting that the rule is wrong. But No, me, it is uh, it is considered a part of the VAR decision, for sure. In which case, I don't, I can't see how that isn't a clear handball. And I think there's, there's something fundamentally... On. There's something wrong about the, the rules of the handball because you saw the... We all saw the... the goals Brighton had ruled out uh, last week um, and and you, those you don't want uh, ruled out so that I mean this it's just difficult because they need to be looked at the the handball rules yeah I mean that, don't get me wrong Alex the fact that we're both disagreeing means that maybe it's subjective and the whole point yeah. of VAR is to take out subjective decisions. exactly so yeah. maybe it is that but for me I just I just can't see how that isn't handball um, and gaining an advantage but yeah so from from there, the handball moves on to uh, a foul um, by Gabriel on um, Ben Rama. Uh, we can have a quick look at that. So Ben Rama is going nowhere. Um, ben Rama, in my opinion, does really, really, really play and ask for uh, this um, uh, this penalty, but there is clearly 
contact. Look at this angle here. You'll see there's contact. He clips him there. Uh, and he, as much as Gabriel tries to pull out of it, he doesn't. Trevor, you said you didn't think that was a penalty at all. It's not a penalty in a million years in my book, mate. Right, if you look at it, you break it down into sections, okay? It's it's the other angle where you can see what happens with the striker's leg, right? What happens with, look, Gabby, Gabriel realises, he realises he goes down there, oh, I'm in trouble here. If I touch this player, there's going to be a penalty. If I touch this player, there's going to be a penalty. And there was a penalty, right? So then you have to look at the next step and look at how did the contact happen. And I saw more than one person saying it on social media yesterday after the game that the attacker instigated the contact. And you can clearly see that. Ben, ben Rama's seeing Gabriel pulling out and he throws both his legs towards Gabriel. He throws them towards Gabriel and that's that. That's the contact. In that case, that contact is, is instigated by the attacker. So it can't be a penalty because it's got to be a... a it's got to be a defender making a bad tackle, get contacting the attacker to be a foul. An attacker can't foul himself, and that's what he's done. He's thrown the bottom half of his body at the last second towards Gabriel because he's seen that Gabriel has pulled his legs away. And if you look, Gabriel's not even sliding. He's rolling. He's starting to roll because he's dug his legs in, his knees in, to think, don't touch that ball. Don't, don't touch him. Don't touch him. He knows Gabriel. And once again, we said it last week, we said it again this week, it's a 2023 penalty and it's wrong. And we are, and then we have to look at VAR because it was VAR'd. And Fergus, you love to play, we don't need to see it again, but you love to play that video, mate, of, of what's his name, the head of referees now, saying about how he wants to take all this ambiguity out of the game. Um, and VAR will do that. Well, I've had it with VAR now. Firstly, I know VAR works, right? I know VAR works. I know it's maybe the wrong people, the people that are using it that are the fault, but it don't matter. If it's if it's gonna if it's gonna I don't care whose penalty that was yesterday, right? Look at it again closely and think about the points I've said. His his knees, his legs are folded under his body. He knows he's Gabriel knows he's made a mistake going down. And he's realized it and tried to pull out. And he's rolling, he's not sliding, he's rolling to try and stay away. And, and the attacker throws his legs at him and takes the tiniest bit of contact. And and I'd rather just look at that and think, God, the refs give a penalty there. What a, that's a, that, that's useless decision. Useless decision. And end it there. I'd rather think that. I don't want to think that some jumped up idiot is sat in a box somewhere saying that that is a, 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 a tackle contact that's hard enough to warrant a penalty. It's a complete and utter load of rubbish. Alex? Yeah, I th it's a difficult one because I, I agree with Trev like on, on a lot of his points and especially uh, the thing about uh, you can clearly see he's expecting the contact uh, uh, and it's it's Paqueta, not Ben Rama. Ben Rama was the guy who oh, uh, scored sorry. the penalty. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mistake. But it's just bogus pronunciation. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a difficult one because... He, Trev said it as well. It, it's it's a modern day penalty. There isn't much contact, but I mean there there is contact. But um, what I don't like about it is how you can see he's expecting the contact and is 
slow, like starting to fall before the contact happens. Um, so for me, I think you could say it's a dive uh, from the attacker. Um, and we saw a, we saw a similar one. Uh, I think it was in the that was a, yeah, it was in the Bournemouth game against Tottenham, um, where it was a very similar incident. Incident and the attacker got a yellow card. So again, it's two similar situations with two very different outcomes. Um, Alex, yeah, Alex, you're, you're right. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, I'm losing my <laughs> Fergus, just play that back again, mate. But just. Watch the last angle where you're you're behind them, and watch both watch Gabriel's legs and watch the attacker's legs and see who instigates the contact. The defender, uh, I can't, you can't I can't at this moment in time only because my screen's frozen. I'm doing something else, but uh, you, just right. just to talk about it, I'll bring it up in a second. Give me a I'll second. You out Go on, Dan. What do you think, mate? Yeah, I want to hear Dan as well. Yeah, this is really interesting because uh, I promise you, I know I'm in a bad mood, but I am not trying to disagree with everyone tonight. It's not, it's not my intention. But I, I agree with the fact that you, you say he's, um, he's near enough won the penalty and it's a modern penalty. Um, but I think that's a stonewall penalty. Um, I saw the opposite angle of that directly behind it in the stadium and I turned away as soon as he touched him because I knew it was a penalty. A hundred percent. He hit the nail on the head. He used the word I was going to use, which was naive. And I think the, the defending from Gabriel was naive. You can't go to ground in the box. And at that point, he's out of control and he can't stop himself. And exactly like you said, Trevor, he's near enough rolling at that point, but he can't stop himself. And but who's made the contact? Who's made the contact? It doesn't matter. If you're it in control does, of the ball. It does matter. Because if a defender can go and throw himself, if an attacker can throw himself at a defender and go down and get a penalty, they should be throwing themselves on the floor every time they go in the box. What, what, what has the England captain and the wonder boy been doing all his career? Look, look, he's thrown his back leg at Gabriel. He's thrown his, yeah, he's thrown his back leg at Gabriel. That's, you can't have an attacker instigating contact because it changes the game completely. Anyone can go on the field next week, go near a... Go near, go near a defender when they go in the box and throw their legs at them. And by that letter of the law there, it's a penalty. It's a penalty. I think at the point the contact is made, his, his foot's planted. I don't think it's even like... If it's one where he's going and he's stuck his leg out to the side, I, I understand, and he's initiated the contact. I don't think he really has here, in all fairness. I, yeah, I think true. Gabriel has clipped his, his, his ankle, and I think... if. <laughs> As, as Reece said, if that was the opposite way around, I'd be gutted if we didn't get that penalty because for me that's Stonewall. You can't, but you can't say if it's the other way around, right? Because it's not. It's see, it's but not. If the it was, other... I'd, I'd, I'd be just as upset. I'd, I'd be well, I, you know my view on on penalties in the modern game. I would have been disappointed. Any team, any team, if that's given, I'd, they've got my sympathy. They've got my so... sympathy. Any team. So the, the the incident really was precluded. It was precluded by um, party and and the handball, and we subsequently went on. A party lost the ball further up the pitch after the penalty, and and, and were two one, and he had to track back. And to his credit, he he tracked back, but he got a yellow card. Um, Alex, Party's performance. He didn't. He didn't last uh, the full game. But Party's performance. What did you make of Party's performance? He didn't have a great day at the office, did he? No, I think we can we can all agree it wasn't one of his best games in an Arsenal shirt. 
um, and that uh, lapse of concentration that was from from him before the penalty um, cost us in the end. Um, not not the game, of course, but uh, but but uh, the goal that they scored from the penalty. Um, and yeah, we we just have to eliminate more of those lapses of concentration. And it was almost like um, when he started appealing for the handball, the rest of the team stopped playing. And they were just like, all right, I'll, Gabriel just made a rash challenge in the in the box because they were so, so sure it was a handball. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it wasn't one of his best games, uh, Partey, but um, yeah. Not, not much, too much more to say to say on his performance. God, this is cheery today, isn't it? It really, really is cheery. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, to no. Be, to be honest with you, mate, I think we're picking the facts apart quite well. We're not going to be over the moon with that, you know, but we are discussing it sensibly. Um, but I, I'll go a step further with Thomas Party. I thought that was his worst game in an Arsenal shirt, yeah. And as I say that, Reese Kendall just puts the same there. I just just as I said it, he popped up with it. I thought it was his worst game in the Arsenal shirt. And I didn't think that Xhaka had the best of games either. And I think that when Xhaka and Party both have a poor game, right? We're gonna struggle, especially when back to the start of the show, we haven't got Zinchenko in there making the sideways moves to help him out. It's uh it's a difficult proposition, but we still and we never will find out why. We, we, I'm gobsmacked. We went from playing the best, in my view, the best football I've seen all season for 20 minutes to flick, flicking a switch, and suddenly we're like League Two side. We really weren't weren't moving the ball or playing at all. We weren't. We didn't do anything well. We didn't do anything well. You know, it was it was it was such a shame. But uh, let's hope it's, oh. that's, that's gone now. For oh, we, need we, we both both put up this one from Reese. Um, uh, boys, can ask you a question. Is it just is it me or Arsenal go away uh, and they go two 0 up and we take the foot off the gas? Uh, we don't go for the third. If we were at home, the crowd would be upon them. Uh, I've added that bit, um, but uh, we'd probably go for the third. It did feel like we were four, five, six nil um, when uh, we were two nil up, and Anfield's probably slightly different, but. That's two games in a run uh, on the run. Dan, we uh, we spoke after the Liverpool game, and you clearly were of uh, an opinion it was two points dropped. I had uh, the opposite opinion. I thought it was a point gained because looking on the positive side of things, and if you had asked me in October, I would have taken a point at Anfield all day long. But I agreed with you that um, we definitely dropped two points. What is it with this 2 nil up and then sitting back and... I don't know if it's a mixture of they are nervous and I think you do see that and I think they try and get the second and then want to protect it. Um, they're a young side and a young squad and let's not forget that and they've done exceptionally well and, and that hasn't changed. This squad is just as good as it was two games ago no matter the last two results, right? So a positive is this team is still going in the right way with the right people building a, a fantastic young squad. And that young team is going to learn. <laughs> I just hope it learns a bit quicker because there are some things that they need to learn and change if they're going to win a league title this season, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I put it down to I put it down to nerves. 
but there, there was there's one thing that really really bugged me right in this game and I'm not going to certainly get on the back of of just Thomas Partey because he's been exceptional and he's so so key to this team but that and it's not just him in this game but to try and flick the ball over someone on the edge of your box two nil up is ridiculous it's ridiculous and and they started to near enough it felt like a mixture of nerves but also overconfidence and arrogance yeah but but not in a good way you know we we heard on the the commentary from um who was it peter drury before saying about a gorgeous arrogance of arsenal this isn't the type of arrogance that we need in that team and we need a killer mentality that's going to go for three, four, five. And, 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 you know, City killed that game off against Leicester in the first half. We needed to do the same when we had the opportunity. Instead, we we felt so comfortable. It felt like a pre-season game after the, the 20th minute. I, I don't remember us creating another chance after our second goal in the first half, really. And it, it just winds me up. I think, I think that was a lack of respect from Partey at that point to do it. He should be keeping things a lot simpler. Um... And that, I think, ultimately led to us letting them back in the game. I don't think they got back in the game. I think we gave them a foot. Um, And it's more disappointing when we give it to them and let them back in. Whereas at Anfield, I also feel like it was down to Liverpool's ability just as much as that we did give things away. And and I can put up with dropping points. I can put up with losing games. Look, I'm not going to be happy. I said a few weeks ago that I've got better with dropping points. I obviously haven't because I'm like a little whiny little child. But... When you give it away like that, it's just so frustrating. Um, and they should, experienced players should be doing better than that. And um, he should be our leader that that, that knows better. Uh, Reese, I, I, I beg to differ. And we'll get to that with the, the penalty. And there was another couple of incidents which which, which we did create uh, opportunities where we could have scored a goal. We into the second half. Up steps this man. That's him. Back out. Uh, back who? Saka. God, I can't. Never pronounce. So say that again, Ferg. Back at you. Bakayu Saka. That's what that's why I don't do that. He's a star star boy. Because you have to say his first name and I really struggle. Baku Saka, what a name. Yeah, yeah, Baku Saka. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to mention Baku too much, do we, Trev? Um he no. steps up he, he he steps up listen, there was a handball on Antonio. He um uh, committed a handball. It's one of those. He was unfortunate for him, but it was a stonewall penalty, and, and you know, it, it's as much as the one down the other end. I believe was as well. So, so Saka steps up. Um, there was a bit of confusion, and speaking to some West Ham fan, uh, fans this afternoon, um, they were talking about the commentary. And and Trev, you might be able to correct me on this. That Jesus picked the ball up, and he had the ball, and he looked like he was going to take the the penalty, and then. The ball's handed to uh, Saka, and the Arsenal fans uh, in the away end are, you know, realise that Saka's taken the penalty, and Saka's had the issues with England before, but hence all this stuff that we talked about earlier. Um, and the Arsenal fans get behind Saka, uh, and um, you know, to to go and score the goal. But the commentary on TV uh, made a, a remark about, um, oh, that's a bit unusual. The Arsenal fans are jeering the fact that Jesus is not taking the penalty. Did any of you hear this? I think they said cheering. I think they were cheering Saka from, from okay. watching the back. I think they were cheering the fact that Saka was taking it. Um, okay, so it's, it's as we as we thought. Okay, well, you've got to remember, Dan, is that is Fergus, and for Fergus, jeering could mean cheering. <laughs> <laughs> he meant, he meant cheering. pronounced it wrong. 
no, no, no. <laughs> what, 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 what the fact is, is I haven't seen the full game back live. I've watched a lot of it and read up on it and watched... I gave uh, you an out there, Fergus. I said blame it on your pronunciation, but you, didn't, you then went and said you didn't watch the game back. I haven't watched it all back. No, I've watched the extended highlights. Well, Saka steps up. Saka steps up, and uh, Trev, do you want to do you want to talk about how he takes the penalty and he does what he normally does, doesn't he? But I I, I was absolutely gobsmacked. I was jaw droppingly gobsmacked. Strangely enough, I said to me missus as we were sat there watching it just before he took it. I said, "Bloody hell, Fabianski looks big in that goal," you know, and. And then when he missed the goal completely, I, I just couldn't believe what I'd seen because I didn't if it was I didn't expect our boy to miss the goal. I thought it might be if it's if it's gonna get saved, it's gonna get saved, but I didn't expect our boy to to miss the goal completely. But and and that's where the important point that we've been trying to make all night comes in, Fergus, in that yes, I was disappointed. Yes, I was sort of angry in a way. Yes, I wish Bukaya Saka had done better. Yes, I was jaw-droppingly frustrated. But that's it. And that's what all Arsenal fans should have been. Anyone that wants to go any further than that, we go back to what we said before. You're not you're not Arsenal fans if you're gonna you're not football fans if you're gonna talk about players like that and do those things. So what I've just said is how I felt. I wasn't happy. I'll re I'll reiterate, Fergus, because it's an important point. I was, I was gobsmacked. I was disappointed. I was angry in a way, but I was angry because we should have scored a goal and we didn't. I, I, I was frustrated. And I sat there and thought, Jesus, that's that. how did he do that? That's it. And as, as Arsenal fans, that should have been our, our, our feelings. Be angry, be upset. But don't do some of the things I've seen today on social media. It honestly makes, and, and, and lots of people say, oh, you middle-aged white blokes are the worst. You know what I mean? Well, let me tell you something. This old, oh, I'm fucking deadly serious, right? This old white bloke, right, was sick to the pit of his stomach when he saw Abukai Saka, who I've watched since he was a young kid, was treated to down social media, and it's reducing me nearly to tears. Nobody deserves that in football, and it stops, and it should stop right away. How we stop it, I don't know, because it's always idiots. Sorry, Ferg, had to be said. No, fair play. Fair play, I agree with you. Uh, as another old chap, I'm, I'm in total uh, agreeance with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the penalty, I'm, I'm a little bit with Reese on this one. Reese has uh, been <laughs> definitely joining in a lot today. But um, I, I'm normally confident when Saka steps up, but I, I was next to, to Lyle. And when I saw this kerfuffle with the Jesus and Saka, like you don't really know what's going on because you haven't got commentary. You can just see it in front of you. I, I, I honestly thought, hang on a second. No, he's, the run-up didn't look right. And I, I went, he's missing. And yeah, unfortunately, I was right. Uh, um, Alex, penalty uh, and Saka's uh, penalty. Uh, yeah. And then we'll go on to the next goal. Yeah, I think I just want to mention quickly about the the like the players changing, exchanging the ball. I think it's a trend we've started to see a lot. Uh, a lot of teams are doing it where they sort of try to protect the player who's uh, going to uh, take the penalty from like the mind games with the other players and the goalkeeper and stuff. So um, we did it. Uh, Odegaard did it where he uh, took the ball against Leeds and then passed it to Jesus who scored. So I think that's just the. Uh, the reasoning behind it. 
What a great point that is, Alex. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just something that I've picked up that a lot of teams are doing nowadays. Um, but yeah, I was as confident as I think the rest of us with Saka stepping up and taking the penalty. And I think we have to acknowledge the huge responsibility he's taken um, with him taking a lot of our penalties in big pressure moments against Liverpool and City and um, Chelsea the season before. So um, it just takes huge courage, especially after what he went through uh, in the Euros. So he's a mentality monster. And yeah, just it, it's it's what happens. Even the best players miss penalties. And unfortunately, that's what happened to us um, uh, yesterday. Um, Dan, we, we were uh, subject to an, a lot of long balls. Uh, we were subject to a lot of long throws. West Ham pressed much more in the second half. They came out with a bit of belief. Uh, the crowd that I thought were going to walk out if we got that third goal at half time, uh, they came from nowhere um, and they, they made a lot of noise. Um, talk me through leading up to the, like, talk me through like, the tactics and how they put us under pressure. And then talk about Bowen's goal. I'm just going to go off camera for a second. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think I can move on yet, apart from just going from the penalty to their goal, because for me, they're both linked. Um, I was There's two parts to that penalty. I was absolutely livid with that penalty. Not with our boy, Bukayo, because for me, the boy's got cojones, as they say, to go through what he went through with England and to continue stepping up and saying, I'm going to step up and take penalties. And he's our penalty taker. And penalty takers miss penalties. Messi misses penalties. And Messi is regarded as one of the best players in the world. And um, absolutely, Bukayo keeps stepping stepping up to keep taking those pens. And I think every Arsenal fan's behind him and, and believes in him. The thing that really, really got to me that has wound me up is just the reaction of the team after that penalty. Because that goal of theirs comes very, very quickly after that, after that penalty miss. And... It isn't often I've said it this year, but I didn't see leadership on that pitch after that penalty to pick us up and say, Do you know what? Okay, we've missed a pen, but pick the game up by the scruff of its neck and let's go on and make sure we win this game. And instead, we switched off and we looked laboured and we, look, we looked down and disappointed and we didn't pick ourselves up. And, and for that penalty, I don't know how many of that team doesn't even know that Bowen is there. They're just not switched on. And they're still thinking, in my opinion, about that penalty and the penalty miss. And you've got you've got to move on, and you've 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 got to pick yourselves up. Um, yeah, it's just it's just frustrating. But I think tactically, you've got to give it to to West Ham. I think you know what you expect of a West Ham side, and you know what to expect with a David Moyes side is that when you've got someone like Antonio up top, look, he isn't a natural goal scorer, but he's a workhorse, and he's going to run the line. He's going to be physical. He's going to leave one on you. He's going to He's going to give you not a single second on the ball, and and that's what that's what he did. Um, he'll run the channels, he'll hold the ball up, and he'll bring people into play. And ultimately, if you're not if you're not competing for the ball and winning the second balls, you are going to let them come on to you. Um, at the same time, if you're not able to progress with the ball when you get it, and all you're doing is kicking it back down the line to them, you're inviting pressure on yourselves. And um, a side like West Ham is going to put you under pressure. There were situations when we couldn't even progress in a three-on-two situation because the players were too scared to play the ball that they've been playing all season. And that is drop the ball into the guy that's dropping in, in the hole or, 
or play the ball into one of the eights in that situation and say, I believe in you to then make the right decision to, to pass the ball to another team member and to keep the ball. And he said, it looked like we got nervous and we play that that curved ball down the line that, that frustrates me every time. And you just, you just put pressure on yourselves. And I think we invited an awful lot of that on ourselves. You mentioned one of the eights. I think we only had one eight and he was uh, quite well well marshaled in the midfield. The midfield was virtually non-existent. And I think the only reason we had one of those eights is because we didn't have Zinchenko in the position, which we talked about much earlier in the podcast, uh, allowing Xhaka to push up. Because uh, there was often Xhaka was covering for Tierney, who's been pushed up into a position he wasn't comfortable with. Um, 52 minutes in, uh, Bowen... He scores a great goal. You, you can't really, uh, can't really argue with the goal that he scored. Uh, Princess is in the chat. Um, I met Princess before the game and it was really good, but uh, she couldn't come up to the bar because you don't like lifts. Uh, we had a good, it was a good, good chat up there. But yeah, um, but uh, yeah, um, I don't think Ramsdale could have done anything about that, could he, Alex? No, I think I think there's there's others you can blame more than than Ramsdale for this goal i think um mm. both both holding and white they were were too slow to uh, push up like the rest of the team so they 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 were the ones who played bone uh, onside um gabriel played played him on actually yeah but there was two, there was two players um who didn't push up uh quick enough so i think they're more to blame than than ramsdale it was a i mean it was a, a great finish by bone it was a difficult Difficult finish. Um, he did well, so yeah, not, not nothing too much to say about that. At two-two, West Ham kept on pushing up and up, uh, and pressing and pressing, and they were pushing for the third goal. And to be honest, we were counting our, our final third of of the pitch. And uh, you know, you're looking at 64 minutes. You're thinking, right, there's a good half hour left in this game. We just need to grab hold of the game, grow some cojones, as you said uh, earlier, uh, Dan, and and just take the game back and take the game back to West Ham. We nearly did. Um, it was party uh, fed down uh, uh, to White and onto Jesus, and, and a, a ball went in. And again, I think it was only Bowen that uh, got in the way. I, I can't. They're, one of the defenders got in the way um, and stopped Jesus, which he was a, a toenail away from getting that one. Um, subs. So this is a, a topic that. I have uh, looked at before when we looked at um, the uh, Man United game, when you look at um, Liverpool uh, last week, and we look at this game um, where we made substitutions, a double sub at 66, where Jesus was taken off for Trossard and Party uh, for Jorginho. Uh, later at 84 minutes, uh, Nelson and Vieira for, uh, were brought on for Tierney and Martinelli. And finally, uh, Inketia for Odegaard. 84 and 89 minutes for me personally was way, 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 way too late to be making those substitutions. But before we even get there, uh, Trevor, Jesus, would you have taken Jesus off? Or, you know, you've got Saka. I know he's just missed a penalty and that could mess with his head, but he wasn't having a fantastic or an influential game that like he normally does. And Martinelli was probably marginally ahead of him. But Jesus, as Dan said, was one of our better players. Why take him off? Yeah, look, it's it's really difficult to talk about substitutes because we're not still stood on the touchline watching it, are we? You know, um, a couple of weeks ago we said that Arteta made brilliant substitutions at the right time. So, look, my Arteta, I'm, I'm to be honest with you, right? 
I've had enough of talking about this game now, Ferg, and I'll tell you why, because I want to talk positively about my Arsenal. We're still top of the league. We've still got it in our own hands. We've had a bad game, a bad, bad game, a bloody bad game, right? Maybe, maybe there could have been 20 things that could have been differently. Maybe they could have bought the substitutes on. You're right at different times. Maybe they could have substituted different people. Um, <clears throat> maybe Party could have played better because I thought Party had a bad game. But at the end of the day, it's we're not going to change it. We've sat here and we've pulled it to pieces. Absolutely pulled it to pieces. But we ain't going to change it. I want to talk about us beating Southampton now, you know. But uh, we, we, We're going to get to that, Trev. But we're nearly at the end of the game. And, and, and there is other things to, to talk about. Let's get the guys' opinions on, 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 on the substitutions, first of all. Before we just finish, we'll get, we're so close to the end. And I, I do get what you mean. I, I, I want to look at the positives. I'm, I'm more a half-full guy rather than a half-empty guy always. Um, Dan, what did you make on the substitutions? And we'll just succinct it into, into the end then. I think Trev makes a really good point, right? And in that we we've been praising Arteta an awful lot about some of his subs as well recently. And 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 like I said earlier, a criticism of this game isn't necessarily a criticism of the person overall because Arteta, I think, is probably one of the least people that can be criticised in 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 our club. Um, I do think the the subs were strange, but looking back at it, I think the subs were of a manager that was unhappy with the way his squad was playing. Having said that. Some things I just didn't understand. Um, some of them I can get my head around. I can get my head around Jesus coming off if it's about fitness. but And I can get Partey coming off because he didn't have a good game. And I think Jorginho, when he came on, actually made a bit of a difference watching him back. Yeah. I think he, and he Trossard did. Impact. Trossard is, is different because he still offers that option to sort of drop deep. And I think we needed someone on the line. But what I didn't understand was he brought on Vieira... For Tierney, and that sub alone makes made sense because he wanted to go to a three and be more attacking and have a, a, a stable three. But then four minutes later, he takes off Erdegaard and puts on off um, puts on Anketia to have someone on the line. For me, if I'm going to have Erdegaard or Vieira on the pitch, I'd rather have Erdegaard. So four minutes earlier, I would have just made the sub to bring Eddie on straight away and put him up top. And it just felt like some of his subs were countering what he'd just done and he wasn't sure. And, and, and genuinely, I just think he was unhappy with the way the team were performing. So, yeah, look, I think he was, he was like everyone else, trying his best and trying to find a way to, to make a difference. And ultimately, we didn't quite get there. Um, but there is, there is one thing in the, that did cheer me up a little. And believe it or not, it came from a, a person that I don't like very much and not many of us like, and that's Gary Neville. And he said that any team would love the opportunity to have a one-game shootout to win the league. And we've got that opportunity against Man City. And we can go there and we can beat them. And I think we've got quality in our squad to go and beat them. And I do believe we can go and beat them. But before we get there, we just need a 90-minute performance against Southampton. We need to get the three points and we need to go there and just say, whatever the score is, whether it's 1-0, 2-0, 3-0 up or down or whatever we are, that we're going to go there and play for 90 minutes and just bring a bit of confidence back to the team and the fans and then go into City and say, do you know what? We've done it all season. We're good enough. We can go and beat them. And I think if we do that, we've got a very, very good chance. I think yesterday I got to the point where I was like, oh, I feel like it's done. And I was just, I was gutted like many of us are. Um, 
but we do have a good chance, and I think that's that's not ruin it as fans, and let's make sure we go there on Friday and make a really good atmosphere for the lads. Oh, Friday, Friday is mega. Friday is huge. Alex, I just want your final uh, thoughts on the substitutions. And Dan makes a really important point there that if you are going to take off uh, Odegaard and 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 bring on Ed Inketia for a man on the line and the, the Vieira situation that he was talking about there, I, I never thought of it that way, and that is really really no, interesting. Neither. Neither did I, but I think he's spot on. Then, like I think it was a sign of uh, some form of desperation from from Arteta. He was desperate to um, to change the game in some way. And uh, but I think when you when you make three substitutions from the 85th minute and onwards, they just don't have enough time to make make a real impact on the game. Um, I think Nelson looked all right, but he just didn't have enough time to like to do anything. So, yeah. I agree with with uh, everything Dan Dan said on the, on the substitutions about them being a bit bit weird. Yeah, look, the headline has got to be all about the two points dropped. We've talked a lot about it. Two points dropped, um, you know, in our title chase. Arsenal could have buried the game early on. Uh, we could have done the same up at uh, at Anfield, but we're still top of the league. We still have a four point cushion. Points on the board count, not games in hand. You know, we do go to the Etihad a week on Wednesday. Um, and if we get any sort of result out there, we keep it in control. I can still see um, something happening um, against, you know, maybe Brighton, who are on top form. Uh, you know, uh, I think they've also got to play Bournemouth, I, I believe. But even they've got to play West Ham. So I can still see City dropping some points. There is quite a lot of football left. But don't don't forget, 1989, Trev, you know, we lost at home to Derby County 2-1. And then we drew to Wimbledon and, you know, then we went up to Anfield uh, to finally win the league. So not all hope is dead right now. And it is on to the next game. We go again. Uh, absolutely, Fergus. The, the, it's far from dead. As a matter of fact, it's still very much in our own hands, in our own hands. We aren't relying on anybody else to do us a favour. You know, we t- and you, you boys are rightly saying about, City have got to go to Brighton, they've got to go elsewhere, and they have. And we hope that they drop points because that makes our life easier. But at the end of the day, right, we have got the, the destiny of the league in our own hands, right? If we go to Manchester City and we play like the first 20 minutes yesterday, honest opinion, do we win? I think we do. I honestly think we do. We go to Manchester City and we play like the second half yesterday, then we'll get our just desserts. Doesn't bear thinking about, it, to be honest. But we need to, we need to, we need to, we've spoke about it now at length and we've had a brilliant conversation tonight, a constructive conversation without going over the top and attacking anybody, right? And I'm proud to be part of this podcast tonight because I think we've discussed it sensibly. And what we've done is we've shown how the same game can can make different people see it in so many different ways, right? Yeah. And and I think nobody has been out of order tonight. Nobody has spoken out and many other many other media channels will will be going in really hard on our team. Um I don't think I don't think we've done that and I don't think we should because we're Arsenal fans talking about our team. So we leave that behind and we think about what we've got to come. We've got an ideal opportunity to, to get some confidence back this Friday night, right? We play Southampton, the team bottom of the league, at the Emirates. There'll be a raucous, raucous atmosphere. And we should everyone should go there and lift our team to victory. And if you're not going on Friday to cheer 
and try and lift our team to victory, then should you be going? I don't know. But, you know, my voice will be like this again after Friday's game, you know? And that's it. It's done. We, we've had a bad performance at West Ham. Actually, we've had a worse than bad performance at West Ham. We At times, we were bloody abysmal. But it's gone. It's gone. We've, we've broken it down now, and we've spoke about it. Now we, now we move forward, and we move forward still in our heads, right? Point one, the league title is in our own hands, right? Right? Point two, we've only got one game that should worry us, and that's Man City away. Point three, if we play like we at our very best, we don't lose at Manchester City, right? And so we've got to keep thinking their positives. Come on, Arsenal. Come on, Arsenal. I can't talk much more because my voice is about gone. Uh, remember, there's people all over the world who are going to be watching at 3 p.m. Uh, US time. Spencer is going to be watching uh, the game. Um, a, a couple of hours after 3 p.m., maybe, uh, UK time, we'll have a table booked in the pub because I don't finish work officially till 5 o'clock, so I won't be in a pub before 5 o'clock, of course. Uh, 5.15 even. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll, we're going to meet up with a few beers. <laughs> a few beers um, beforehand. Oh, poor Trim's to make sure that, going there, isn't it, look? Yeah, yeah. We've we, we got to make sure that Trem's uh, throat keeps um, lubricated uh, with those two pints. Uh, let's look at briefly look at um, uh, Friday. So we can't really tell what the fallout of any of um, the uh, yesterday's game is with regards to fitness and injuries and so on, and how Saliba is moving on and how other players are. But ideally, um, Alex, uh, what is your preferred sort of? Uh, lineup. Uh, how would you bring back in and drop out of 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 there um, uh, on Friday? I mean, ideally, we'd have all players fit and we'd be able to play both Sinchenko and Saliba. But um, Saliba is not going to be fit for the game. But hopefully, um, Sinchenko will be back and will help us uh, dictate the tempo of the game and and play. Uh, the way we did the first 20, 30 minutes throughout the whole game. Um, but yeah, I think the it still kind of picks itself, the, the starting 11 at the moment. Um, I think we still can't really drop any of the front, front three, uh, Jesus, Saka and Martinelli. Um, I think Martinelli played very well in the first 20, 30 minutes of the game. Uh, it was a good assist he provided as well. Um but yeah, we, we really have to win that game against Southampton and I, and I believe we will. Um, I think we're going to have a, a Emirates up for it. Um, I think everyone's going to be yeah cheering us on um, at the stadium and and I really believe we're going to win I, I, I the think, game. I think there might be like you when um, you know we played Villa. It was a late kicked off uh, in, yeah. on a weeknight. You know, I think some people will might finish work a little bit earlier. And uh, you know, That's have true, a couple yeah. of libations, and uh, it, I think it's going to be quite lively down there, don't you? Ho- hopefully, people are going to start a bit a bit earlier than than they're allowed to with the with the beers, uh, and and get ready for the game. <laughs> uh, Dan, do you risk Saliba? No. Um... That's not an easy question, right? Because if he's fit, I think I'd be more for get minutes under his belt before City than take a risk at City. Um, I don't think he'll make City from the rumours I've heard today. Um, but it is what it is, right? We've got to go with the squad that we've got. I think we need to rotate a little bit because I think there's players that deserve to play. I think Trossard is one of them. 
Um, I also think having a player like Saka or Martinelli completely fresh against City will help us. I mean, I don't think it's a drop-off at all by playing someone like Trossard. Um, other than that, I think, look, trust the squad that's out there. I've, I've got no doubts that this squad will bounce back on Friday, in all fairness. Um, we've said it all season that one thing we've been impressed with is this team bounces back. And I do think they will bounce back. Um, I think there's tougher games to come. Um, believe it or not, I'm, I'm less worried about City as I am about maybe like the Brighton game to come after that in Newcastle. Because I think if we're going to risk dropping points. I think it's those games as opposed to the others. But we need to go one game at a time, right? We can't be looking too far ahead and beat Southampton first, get the confidence back, and then yep. go from there. Trevor, the uh, the 12th man, woman, child, uh, individual, whatever you want to be in the Emirates Stadium, they've got a huge responsibility on their, on their uh, to the team and to the club to get behind the team and support them on Friday. Fergus, we have a massive, we have a massive responsibility of fans of the Arsenal Football Club to lift our side on on Friday night because that's what we're there to do. That's what we're there to do. Um, it's interesting talking about selection. If I was Mikel Arteta, I'd be saying to that lot that that started the game against West Ham on yesterday, go out there this Friday night. Boys, and show me you can do better than what you did for the last 60 minutes of that game. Go out and give me 90 minutes of the first 20-minute standard and tell me I'm wrong. Tell me as a manager that that I've done right to pick you tonight. Focus, you, you, the point you make, and, and, and Dan touched on it, right? This Friday, we are important. We are 60,000 voices that have to be heard. Don't go in there with, in your mind... Oh God, we've thrown two new leads away in our last two games. So put it out of your head. Just do what you've been doing all season and support our boys. They're gonna need us. They need us. They need us. And we will we'll, I know we'll be there for them. I'm confident. Confident of it. And I'm confident we're gonna get a big win on Friday night and it's gonna lift the mood. Absolutely. Listen, uh, are we going to chance score predictions or are we just going to go like, I'll take one nil off the, the arse of, I don't know, Ramsdale and it flies up and hits, I don't know, hits the, 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 the crossbar and then bounces down the pitch and rolls into the back of the net. Who's Anybody going for prediction? Go on. I mean, I, I think 3-0. I think I'm, I, I am quite confident in this team that we'll go there and we'll, 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 we'll win at home to Southampton. Um, just, just remember to all the fans that we support this team whether we win, lose or draw. And um, we're all disappointed on here and I think it shows. I, I don't remember being on a such a, I'm not saying it's negative, but a negative podcast since since I've been on it. And um, I think we're quite a positive bunch. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't support the team and we're not going to be singing as loud as ever, if not more. We know when this song was, um, sorry, sorry, uh, I forgot. Yeah, I was just thinking ahead. Uh, go on, Trev. Oh, it's a really, everybody in the chat, as we've just seen, is, is going for big wins for the Arsenal. Um, I think I'm siding with you boys and saying we're going to win. That'll do for me. But that point from Heath is massively important, isn't it? We don't need to worry about what Southampton do because we know we're better. So let's mm. just worry about hitting our own top form because we know our own top form will be plenty, plenty to win the game on Friday night and, so. and and win the game win the game Alex and we're we're seven points clear 
going to City. Points on the board. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing that matters. Not not games mm. in hand, as you said. Mm. Yeah. And- Listen, we, 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 we've heard this song sang inside um, uh, auditoriums, inside the stadium, uh, now in away games, on trains and planes and automobiles. But when you hear it from outside the stadium like we did that very first time, this is what we need to be on Friday night. Get your tissues out, Trev. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Oh. <laughs> my mouse went. My mouse oh. went funny. What <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I hit. I hit the wrong button. It's all right. It's all right. Oh. Uh, you know what? The great thing about that is, you hear people singing that song, and when when it says, "My blood will forever run through the stone," in the second part of the the, the, the chorus, when that was first sung, everyone was going, ah, 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 "The weather." Now everybody knows every word. And when it says, my blood will forever run through the stone, you can hear it word for word. Guys. Um, do you know it yet, Fred? What's that? Do you I know it Even I do. Ferg. <laughs> hang, hang on. Is that wind or a smile? Dan smiling. <laughs> hey. 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 Uh, I guess yeah. that's why I talk to you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, boys. We're all smiling. Stop picking on Dan Fergus. We're all smiling, right? We all have a right. That's my that's my job. We all <laughs> had a right to pull that performance apart, right? We had every right to pull yesterday's performance apart, and we've done that. And then we moved on nicely, and now we're all smiling because we're all proper Arsenal fans here. We're not people that watch the game in a, on a TV somewhere every week. And I did it yesterday, I know, but. And then, and then draw our conclusions. We we we're at the games. We feel the atmosphere. We we watch what goes on in the bigger picture, and and you boys are proper Arsenal fans. I'm proud of all of you. Even Alex, who lives all them miles away, gets to as many games as he can. So I'm proud of all of you. Up, uh, we'll be all right on Friday. And you know, if we end up coming second at the end of the season, we'll all be doing this again. We'll all be gutted. And we'll all pull it apart, but at the end of that podcast, we'll still all be smiling because we finished second and we didn't expect that at the start of the season, right? So, you know, we've done brilliant tonight. We, it was hard thinking about this tonight, weren't it? None of us were in a good place after that performance, but we weren't in a good place because we are true Arsenal fans. And we've talked about it and we've moved on. I've got one more thing to say on a different subject, Fergus. The reason I weren't there yesterday was because on Saturday I went to a wedding, mate. My nephew Nathan married his girlfriend, Louise. It was a lovely day. I enjoyed it very much. I thought they were a bit inconsiderate getting married 
you know, on a weekend when the Arsenal were playing, they could have timed it better. But I've forgiven them for that. I've forgiven them for that. And I wish Nathan and Louise all the very best for a long marriage. And now let's just keep smiling, boys. Please, Arsenal fans everywhere. It's gone. It's done. It's done. Come on, you gunners, eh? Come on. We're still top of It's happening. It is happening for Mikel Arteta. I, I love to win. Yeah. And when I see the trophy, I won the trophy. Seeing something really brilliant from Arsenal because even for them to be in the chat, for them to be in the talk, is mesmerising. At the moment, I don't see anybody stopping Arsenal. When was the Emirates last like this, week on week? Such noise! They are there and they mean to stay there. Bring on the big boys. been listening to an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Smile, Dan. If you like, Smile, if, Dan. If you like what we do, click the like button uh, and subscribe. I was chatting to somebody yesterday and they listened to us avidly on um, audio. Please go over to YouTube as well and just click the like and subscribe button on there. We're trying to get to a thousand followers on, on YouTube. It does free up a little bit some pieces that we can do. Um, and uh, might give us a, a couple of quid to cover the cost of just running this. But honestly, guys, uh, we love doing it regardless. Uh, I um, It was great to see the comments uh, in there saying that we've uh, made people feel a little bit better after uh, feeling a bit down in, in, in the dumps uh, after the game. And uh, there was a request in there. And, you know, being a DJ that I am, I'm not really. Um, Capotan, you got to give us a song. Oh my god. So I was just thinking about that, right? I was just thinking about I know he's even writing on me. He's on full if screen. Wanna, <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear a song, if you want to hear our song, come out of block five um block five and six on Friday and we'll be there an hour and a quarter before kickoff. I'm not gonna give it to you now, you have to come and do it. <laughs> Good call, Dan. Good call, Sam. Good call. But no Trev time tonight. He's got no voice. We're trying to protect him, Arnie. Uh, so, yeah, you have been listening to uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons and watching it. Uh, thanks very much. Up the Arsenal. Fuck the Spurs. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans.
Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.